0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Matt Day. Matt Day is a photographer based in Chillicothe, Ohio, who is well known for his YouTube channel, Matt Day Photo, where he talks about everything from film photography, different cameras, and various projects he's working on and much of Matt's personal photography is based around documenting his family and the town of Chillicothe, Ohio, which he lives in. Matt is someone who has a true passion for photography and has found a unique way to monetize his photography via YouTube and social media, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him in-depth about his work and all his experience with YouTube and his photography. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Matt Day, uh welcome to the podcast, man. Uh thanks for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm stoked to be on here. You've had a lot of uh
0: heavy hitters on this show, so <laughs> hey, I'm uh, I'm honored to be on, man. Yeah, definitely, man. You're a heavy hitter yourself, so um excited to, talk to <laughs> excited to talk to you. Um But I guess um, to kind of get into it, I was just kind of curious uh, for people that don't know a little bit about you. Where do you grow up and like what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography?
1: Well, um, I
0: grew up right
1: here in Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, Actually grew up in the house that my wife and our kids now live in as well. So (laughs) (laughs) literally right here is where I grew up. Um, Yeah, but uh, as far as like my earliest memories with photography um, more than anything, I was always kind of just like curious about cameras. I never really got into it when I was little or anything, but like through elementary school, I was always like, always like looking at like my mom's camera, my dad's video camera, like just like the family cameras, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think my mom, I don't know. I, I wish I could like tell you exactly what model it was it was a pentax that she had when i was a kid Mm. that she would always use on like
0: you know all
1: the special occasions and stuff yeah yeah and then my dad just like the the typical dad vhs camera from (laughs) the early 90s like that's what that's you know what i always remember just i was always like really interested in them but never actually picked Mm -hmm. them up until years later you
0: know what i mean that's cool do you kind of remember your first camera you got when you kind of first got into it
1: yeah yeah um so the the first camera i got was actually a gift from my aunt and uncle and it was like a little um kodak like digital easy share camera oh yeah and uh it was like it was kind of used like it's sort of a longer story on like how i got the camera so if you want to get into that later we can but it's um I, I i started with that little kodak easy share and it was like right around the time that that kind of started where it was like it, it came with a printer or they sold a printer to you with mm. the camera and you like set it on top of it and it connected that way and you'd print these little like really poor quality four by six prints but it was the coolest thing ever at the time <laughs> so yeah,
0: that's i en- was i was hyped on it that's yeah. pretty exciting how old were you at that point um,
1: I was 13 Okay, and, pretty young. uh, that, yeah, yeah. I kind of used that just because I had always shown an interest in it and that was like part of why they, you know, uh, got me the camera, but I kind of just got in a habit of documenting stuff. And then like a year and a half later, I was like, okay, I actually really want to get into this. Like I, I, I actually love doing this, but I want to, like I, I want to learn more and I want to like tinker around with stuff more. Mm-hmm. So that's when like, Oh, like I didn't, I didn't know what a DSLR was at that time. Like I didn't know there was such a thing. All I knew was, well, I remember when I was a kid, my mom's had like all these dials on it and numbers and those numbers have to mean something. Yeah. So like that, that was my first thought. So I just Googled 35 millimeter camera. Cause I asked my mom, I was like, what kind of camera was that? And, her response was, that was just an old 35 millimeter camera. She didn't tell me like, you know, brand name or anything like that. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just look that up on uh, eBay and then tried to just use my memory of what that camera looked like, which it, all of those cameras from that time like looked the same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I just found this Minolta XGM with a 50 F 1.4 on eBay for 50 bucks. And like, that's what I had at the time. So I was like, yep, that'll work i'll buy that i'll figure it out and
0: just kind
1: of hit the ground running with a lot of trial and error
0: (laughs) yeah that's cool man and it's kind of funny to hear about how your first camera was like the digital camera because i think a lot of people you're known as like uh the film guy like you're really big in like the film photography community and things so it's kind of funny to hear that your first camera was actually digital um
1: yeah yeah like (laughs) yeah Exactly, and and I always tell people, I'm like, I'm pretty thankful that I started with that because of the amount of just ridiculous snapshots of every little thing that a 13 year old would take photos of. Yeah. Uh, the 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 film cost on that would have added up pretty quick for sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. Do you kind of remember that some of the first (laughs) stuff you were photographing when you got that first camera? Um. Yeah. So a
1: lot of it was really it was literally almost like just daily documenting of like what I was doing. Cause the whole, I'll, I'll kind of get into it here. Like the whole reason I got the camera was basically to do that because uh, my older brother at the time, uh, he's four years older than me. So he was 17 mm-hmm. and uh, he was in an accident uh, at his job working on this uh, local farm mm-hmm. where a bull attacked him. wow And so the bull like, it like went after him and it like bucked him like up into the air, like flipped him up. And when he landed on his neck, that's what, you know, paralyzed him from the chest down. He's a, a quadriplegic. Yikes. And so, yeah, yeah. And so he was 17 at the time I was 13 and, uh, it was like towards the end of the school year. So for about a month while he was in the hospital, he was in there for a couple months and ICU and, all sorts of different situations It got pretty, yeah. pretty hectic, uh, at different times, but the, the school year was still going on. So I still needed to be like, you know, going to school. So I just kind of was staying with different family and also friends of ours. Um, and, and I kind of like bounced around for those couple of months from mm-hmm. like place to place. And I think it was like, looking back, it was probably my parents, like I'm I, I'm sure my parents like suggested it just like kind of keep him busy. Like, don't let him, you know, dwell on things too much. And I Mm. think that was probably part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but so my dad was going back and forth from here to Columbus, which it's only an hour drive, but that's where my brother's in the hospital was Mm. at Ohio state university's hospital. And, uh, so my dad was kind of bouncing back and forth with like, you know, bringing clothes, bringing any kind of supplies, making runs for stuff. And then my mom was staying at the hospital with my brother. So, um, I really saw them like, you know, whenever we would go visit my brother, like a couple of times a week at that point. Um, you know, I, at, at first it was like constant, but you know, mm-hmm. as he was just recovering and everything, you know, sometimes I'd only be going up there, you know, once or twice a week, depending on what all was going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at that point it was just kind of like, you know, my parents weren't really seeing me, like they weren't around me as much, but it was kind of a way, like my aunt and uncle, like I said, I think they just, they knew I was always like kind of interested in cameras. And so they, they bought me that camera and were just like, you know, take photos of like, whatever you're doing, like hanging out with your friends, doing whatever, and like have something that you can like show your mom and dad, like whenever you do see them just to kind of like fill them in, but also kind of use it as a way to like take photos of your brother's recovery, you know, and like, mm-hmm. you know, have those photos for your mom. Cause I know she'll want those. So it was like, it was almost like I was given this gift, like with an assignment, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but it, but it was cool. I was, I was just like, sweet. Yeah, this is awesome. And like, oddly enough, the two things that have like consumed my life more than anything, which is photography and skateboarding. Um, at the time, whenever he was in the hospital, I was super just, almost like angry at myself because I just felt like I was taking so much for granted because like my brother was like the all-star athlete played like baseball, basketball, football, Mm -hmm. did track and cross country. He would bowl and golf in his free time. Like he just sports like consumed him, you know, like he did all these things and then he was the one, you know, in the hospital and I was looking at myself and I'm like, man, all I really do is play video games with my friends. Like, I'm not into sports at all. Like, I'm, I am I, have these abilities that I'm just kind of taking for granted. And I was like, you know, I want to do something, but I know that I'm not really into sports. And But I'd always, like, I think just through seeing, like, Tony Hawk video games and, like, my mom was, like, one of the managers at Kroger for years, so I spent a lot of time in there, and I would always just look at the magazines in there, and they would carry, like, they probably carried, I would imagine like trans world or something back in the day at the mm-hmm. time. And I would see that. And I was just always like, that looks amazing. That looks so fun. And it's like the coolest thing ever. But I was just like, I'm not like a athletic person, I guess, <laughs> or, or like, a you know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. just like, I look like I would get wrecked as soon as I stepped on the skateboard, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then but... at the, at the time I was like, man, I got to do something like this is ridiculous. So that same summer I got, uh, my first camera and my first skateboard within like a month of one another, um, yeah. our, our, our family that I was staying with, they were painting their house that summer. And they were like, if you help us paint the house, we'll take you to the store and, you know, get you a toy or get you something, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, we went in there and I was like, I want a skateboard. And they're like, you know, seeing my brother in the hospital and they're kind of like, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) maybe this isn't the best time that we buy, you know, you a a skateboard, but, but they were like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. So, uh, that it was, it was odd that I think at that age and in that time, like that time period, it It kind of made sense that like, yeah, yeah. Like the, the two things that I really like latched onto both came in at like the same time. And at such a, pivotal time not only from my age but just you know given the circumstances so yeah,
0: that's pretty a, wild yeah that's quite the like self-awareness for like a 13 year old to be like i need to start doing something i'm, I'm just over here playing <laughs> video games but uh <laughs> dude i was i was like i was bitter i'm like this
1: is ridiculous like i i have to do something you know which i'm i'm thankful for that i was i guess like able to recognize that and and you know understand like the the gravity of it all
0: yeah. And also very interesting that from the get go, um, I mean, looking at your work now, a lot of it is very personal. You're photographing your family. I know you you talked about that uh, at length in a lot of your YouTube videos and on your website, you have a bunch of yeah. projects and it, it's kind of interesting that even from the get go, that's really what you're kind of shooting from the start really. Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was, like I said, that whole like assignment <laughs> aspect of it, like it was really just like, here's the camera, here's what you do with it. And I'm like, mm. sweet, this is what my mom did with the camera for years. You know what I mean? Like that's all I saw growing up was, you know, mm. taking photos of every little thing and it drives you nuts when you're a kid, especially the like back to school pictures and stuff. But I was just like,
2: yeah. you
1: know, that's, that's what she did. And now looking back, I'm like, that's rad. Like she, she understood like, you know, what I'm always preaching now, like how important it is to take photos of your family and just document all of it. You know what I mean? How No matter how little or you know, routine, it might be.
0: Yeah, I think the thing, I mean, I've talked about this with other photographers, the thing that's interesting about a photography, like you could take a photo today of like, the most random, insignificant thing, like some photo of your kitchen or something. And it might not mean that much to you today. But that photo in like 15 years, 20 years, it kind of changes. It's like, a, you know what I mean? Like, it, it has more value, yeah, yeah. value to you in time. Um, Absolutely. And that's what I always tell. I'm like, you
1: know, a lot of my photos, I look at them as investments. You know what I mean? It's like, right now, whatever, might just be another photo, might not have had that much importance. But like, for me, especially, I pick apart old photos that I find from like my childhood Mm. and everything to where I look at every little detail, detail where I'm like, wow I forgot all about that crazy like red carpet that we used to have in our basement (laughs) you know what I mean and stuff like that just like I look at every little thing in the photo and I'm like even if it's not adding to the photo or any if it's anything important at all I'm still like you know you're you're holding a time period you know Mm -hmm. in that photo and it's like it's it's important to be able to have stuff like that man Mm -hmm. I mean at least I think like with our, our town like that I've you know I've lived here my whole life has um, gone through so much change in the last like five or six years and it's been really rad to see there's just been like a big emphasis on local business and like people opening up their own shops like one of my best friends of you know 20some years, uh, he always talked about wanting to own a record store and like mm. he's been downtown, like with a good business for the last couple of years. And it's, it's rad to see stuff like that, you know, and whenever I take photos just around town, I kind of look at it as like an investment kind of thing where I'm like, you know, right now it's just, it's, it's whatever. It doesn't really mm. hold much meaning to it, but you know, in 50 years, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that people will be able to have these photos and, and, you know, at at least just be glad that they're there and be able to look at it. Because I always worry, like, you know, I'm always worried that people aren't documenting as much as they should. So I'm like, um, I hope that these aren't the only, you know, series of photos of our town in 50 years. Like, I don't know if, if people are just mm. regularly out taking photos, you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. I agree. Know.
0: It's uh it's something, yeah, it's definitely important. And yeah, like I said, it's like those photos will mean a lot more in 20 years. Um, but, yeah, I guess, like to go back a little bit when you kind of picked up when you got your first like, kind of serious thirty five millimeter camera, um were you just yeah. were you kind of just teaching yourself? did you ever take any photography classes, or how did you kind of start teaching yourself all about this the ins and outs of photography, i guess
1: yeah, so um
0: all all I knew when I
1: caught the camera, um we didn't have any photography classes around here or anything like that, and I I tried to, like, ask my mom, I'm like, you know, so, okay, so this is, you know, like, this on the lens, like, what all these numbers and stuff, and she tried to kind of like, well, if I remember, I think this means, you know, and once she kind of started doing the whole if I remember right, I was like, it's, it's okay, mom, I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, I, I, I'll, I'll work with it. It's all good. And you know, uh, like YouTube didn't exist at the time. So mm-hmm. I couldn't just look up, you know, how to do anything like that. So um, it was really just a lot of trial and error because I would drive to Walgreens. Um, well, yeah, I said, I got the camera like right before I got my driver's license. Mm-hmm. So uh, eventually I was like always going to Walgreens and just buying up like all of the cheap like Kodak Gold or even the Walgreens branded film that they just I'm sure bought from Kodak or Fuji and just rebranded it but yeah. like I was just buying as much of that film as I could um actually Kodak's uh it was the BW400 CN mm. black and white film that you can actually get developed it was like a C41 process yeah. black and white um, that film I shot for years and years and years. Cause it was the only one I could take to the Walgreens cause I wasn't developing my film at the time and there weren't any actual labs around, you know, around us. All we had was just like the one hour photo option. So, um, so yeah, I would just, I would shoot all that film as much as I could and just buy the four by six prints, you know, afterwards, after I got developed and go home and just try and figure out like, okay, I shot this using whatever you know settings. I would like try and like write down stuff because, at first, when I got started, I just looked through the camera and I was like, okay. I turn this this ring, and that's what sets the focus. So everything looks good. So I guess that's all I got to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like had no idea of understanding light and exposure and everything. So mm-hmm. that first roll back all every photo was either completely black or completely white. It was just like way over or way under. And it was just it was horrible. Like I could barely see anything in the photos. And I'm like, okay. It's clearly these numbers definitely mean something and they must be pretty important. So I just kind of started like looking, you know, looking at the photos I just got developed and trying to figure out and compare and it was really just a lot of trial and error until I kind of understood what things meant, you know? And and then I started paying attention to like the light meter inside the, the viewfinder and being like, okay, so it's lighting up right here. So maybe if I set this, you know, like I just kind of tinkered with it until, until I was able to actually start using it. But it honestly, like I, I could understand what the camera was trying to tell me to do by using the light meter, but, I still didn't understand the whole concept of how it all worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I just... I. I, I got like a basic understanding of that specific camera, <laughs> yeah. and just being like, okay, cool. I can take pictures of my friends. That's all
0: I wanted to do anyway.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The the learning curve. Me, I started shooting film too, like almost twenty years ago, and I was shooting. Yeah, I was shooting E six slide film, like Kodachrome, all that stuff, and uh, yeah, it it, <laughs> it takes you a lot longer to learn your mistakes because you got to shoot the film, get developed. Like I remember shooting flash. Oh yeah, and I didn't understand what flash sync was so like half my photos would have like a black line in it and it took me forever to kind of learn those mistakes but I think I think I don't know at least for me I'm glad I started shooting film because I think you you have to learn your mistakes you have to sit down and really figure out what you did wrong whereas digital you can kind of get lazy this stick it on manual um where film you really have to kind of learn your mistakes I guess I don't know um, yeah
1: yeah absolutely well with you know like i was talking about earlier the cost of everything it adds up so those mistakes are expensive. they're they're pretty heavy at that point you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. you really gotta gotta kind of figure things out but but i think just the you know even for people who maybe started with film but they haven't shot it in a long time and it's just not you know not what they're into mm-hmm. i think that maybe having that background probably instilled some level of discipline to where they're they they probably I mean I'm I'm sure people can eventually just you know throw it all out and just get completely lazy with it but I I feel like there's probably still some discipline there of really like slowing your like slowing yourself down to make sure not in the sense of like you know because you you hear people say like well it slows me down and all this stuff when they talk about film and I think that you know, for sure, there's, there's a, a level of that process that is inevitably going to slow you down compared to digital, because, you know, a lot of that is manual things that you have to do yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's like, whenever I think of like slowing down, like a, a lot of my photos, especially of my family, I'm shooting really quick. And it's just like, go, go, go. And I'm I'm, I'm almost shooting faster than I am with digital, because I'm not you know, stopping and looking at the camera Mm. and then checking stuff and flipping through a couple photos or whatever. Like I'm, I'm so engaged in Mm. that specific thing that I'm shooting that in a way it's like, I'm, I'm shooting faster, but, um, but anyway, I, I, I think that just that, that idea of going down from film, I really try and focus that slowness aspect on just, you know, things that, things that i think any photographer should try to work on like composing Mm. you know as you're shooting and not relying on like a crop tool you know later or or things like that you know just slowing down to really you know focus on everything in the photo that kind of um i think that a level of that discipline i'm sure people are still holding on to whether they're shooting film or not you know if, if they learn that way i feel like that's a good good kind of skill to really you know learn from the start
0: yeah definitely it's a it's a craft and um yeah yeah and I guess when did you because actually the way I kind of found your work was obviously YouTube and it was from like you were doing like these darkroom videos this kind of showing people how you developed film and stuff um when did you when did you kind of start working in the darkroom and is that something you've always enjoyed this kind of processing your film and printing it
1: yeah yeah I I actually didn't Um, I didn't learn that until I was 18. It was whenever I first, uh, went into the, uh, local, um, Ohio university branch here in Chillicothe. Um, they had a dark room. And so I had been shooting for about four and a half or well, yeah, about four years, like taking it really serious. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I was like really into it and I shot film all the time, but I just took everything to Walgreens, you know? So yeah. once I, once I saw that they actually had a class where I could get in the dark room, I was like, yeah, I'm, I for sure want to learn, you know, how to do all this stuff. So I learned there. And then, um, I was only, I only went there for two years cause I was actually going to go and go to school to uh, become a teacher. Okay, And, uh, I, I was just going to, you know, kind of just do because by the time i graduated high school i had already like opened up my photography like business mm-hmm. and actually like went through all the the process of that and like you know so it was like actually legitimate and mm-hmm. um was taking photos for like a lot of local bands um friends of mine that were graduating high school or yeah. starting families or whatever you know i just um it it kind of just happened on its own because friends of mine were like i don't want you know pay somebody I don't know, I'd rather just pay you. Yeah. And in my head I was like, why would you pay me? I don't I don't understand. (laughs) You know, like I just I wasn't even thinking They gotta pay
0: you, Matt. You gotta get that
1: check, man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. At the time I didn't understand that. So uh so so eventually, you know, that it kind of just became that thing and I was doing it um, you know, like by the time I graduated high school, but I didn't know if it could be like a legitimate career for me. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, kind of did it on the side. And I worked at like the movie theater and stuff like that. And I worked for my dad as well. And Mm -hmm. um, it just, it was just one of those little things I did. And then um, after about two years in uh, school, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a year off, try and focus 100% on photography and see if I can make a career out of it. And if it doesn't work a year from now, like if things aren't really good, then I'll just go back to school and yeah. you know, finish out. And that was in 2000. Um, let's see, that would have been, uh, right at the beginning of 2011, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was right at the beginning. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. And, uh, like later that year, I opened up the studio downtown in art in Chillicothe. Okay. And, uh, it was like it became my full focus i wasn't working anywhere else it was just everything i did was photography and it worked really well so that's when i just i never went back to it um so so i only had 2 years at the university um so i only took a few photo classes but i really really enjoyed the whole you know process of it um but it was like at this point i was like leaving school and focusing more on photography and for a couple of years, it was like, I really only shot my Minolta, like on occasion, whenever I'd be hanging out with friends, but mm. I was so like backlogged with all of the, you know, photo work for clients that I wasn't shooting nearly as much for myself. Yeah. And it only took like a couple years where I got really, really burnt out and was just like, this is not what I was expecting. Like, you know, I'd always heard people talk about getting burnout and I'm like, I don't, I couldn't (laughs) see myself doing that. Like I've been doing this for a long time. I take photos every day, but I was, I was just like, you know, there's, it's just not what I was expecting. Like I was young. I just, Mm -hmm. I I was getting really burnt out. And then that's when the kind of light bulb went off where I was like, the only time I'm ever like taking photos of my friends, like just, like while we're all hanging out i would always grab my minolta Mm. instead of my like dslr because it was just like i don't know if i just like connected it to being like that's when i got started where i was just taking photos of me and my friends hanging out and like i don't know there was just something about it and i always gravitated towards using that whenever i was just taking photos for my own enjoyment you know and um after I kind of realized that I was like, maybe it has something to do with it just being film. Like Mm -hmm. that was the only film camera I had ever used all those years. Oh, well, I guess I I used a Polaroid camera as well. And then I would get like the little plastic point and shoots from thrift stores, but it wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't dive into like all these different formats. Like I didn't know, I'd never heard the term medium format. Like, everything we did at the in the dark room at school was thirty five millimeter using like Arista film and whatever thirty five millimeter camera you got and like that was it you yeah. know mm-hmm. so I didn't know other photographers I didn't like it's a very small town, you know what I mean so it's not like I was exposed to any of this stuff before yeah. but then i I was just like maybe there's something to that, so I just kind of started like googling stuff about different film to like film anything film cameras film whatever Mm. and it was just a rabbit hole completely (laughs) like this was this was the beginning of uh or no yeah 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 this beginning of 2012 and i was just like i started seeing about all these different film stocks that you can choose from and i was like why don't I, this they must not make that anymore because they don't have it at Walgreens like that's how <laughs> naive I was where I was just like I'm like no no, no I've, I've shot film for years like if like why haven't I seen any of this stuff and it was literally just because all I was exposed to was like what you'd see at the pharmacy yeah, so yeah, yeah. um then it just completely blew my mind that there were not only you know film stocks being made at the time but like I was like the, you there's higher quality films what does that mean how is that you know I just it was so different for me but I just became completely obsessed with like every little thing and just tried to soak up like yeah. as much information as I could and was like all right this is it like and I I instantly like found that spark again where I was like yeah. And this is what I love. Like I, I just love all this stuff. And like anytime I've been into something, I get really like, you know, I, I I want to know the ins and outs of it. And I want to just like fully just, I don't know. It's like, it's, I, yeah. I'm all over something, you know? So, um, yeah, I just kind of started focusing on that and was like, I really understand now how important it is to like, no matter how busy you get with, your job or whatever hmm. like if, if you're doing photography like shoot for yourself as well yep. so
0: you don't burn out you know yeah it's like and, a, it's like a balance of uh like they say art and commerce you got to do the jobs, yeah, to pay the bills, yeah. But then it is important to, you know, keep taking pictures for, for yourself because that's why you got into it in the first place because it's fun, and exactly. You want, and you want to create stuff that like you're proud of and not just uh portraits of like some like business guy or, or whatever, you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like uh, other people's families that yeah. I don't know, you yeah. know, what <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, like the. You, you guys are nice
1: and, and thanks for hiring me, but yeah. like, I don't care about these photos. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, exactly. like I, I, I care about the fact that these photos are going to mean something to you. And that's like the, the best thing about, you know, working with people as, as a photographer like that. Like for me, if I'm shooting a wedding or, you know, photos of, you know, someone right after they had their first kid and like, mm-hmm. there's like really special moments where I'm like, I'm, I'm, honored to play that part of like for me i know that like specific like photos in my lifetime have like meant a lot to me like photos of my own personal life Mm -hmm. and it's like if i can play that small part and give somebody else a photo that's really going to mean something to them like that's the best thing that you can possibly get out of it like that's the best feeling you know yeah it's a good experience yeah 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 and you know i've i've met a lot of great people through photography and made a lot of really great friends. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the photos you make for yourself and like of your own life, those are what you're going to care about more than anything. So Mm -hmm. once I kind of understood that balance and was like, okay, this is crucial that I really do this. I was just like, I'm not even going to bother trying to like change anything about the way I've been doing it like if I'm going to take photos for myself I'm probably just going to grab a film camera because that's what I've always done and that's when I kind of got just obsessive and was like I just want to try every film out there every film camera I can find yeah and this was like this was kind of before um like the the big like film renaissance that we're seeing right now like this was before that had really started so Mm. prices on stuff was still really cheap like you know not obviously not everything but you know there were a lot of cameras that I bought back in 2012 and 2013 Mm. that I look at now and I'm like oh man like the prices have just skyrocketed (laughs) on so many things which you know it's it's that that's that's how things work you know what I mean Mm. but it's just crazy to see that especially things like a Contax T2 or T3 right now Oh yeah, it's like Dude, like I, it's insane what people are paying for those cameras. And I'm like, like that, I, it, it excites me. Cause I'm like, that's good. You know, like if, yep. if, if they're that desperate to shoot the contacts T2 and they're going to pay those prices, like, mm. Hey man, that's good for, that's good for people shooting film you know what i mean so yeah so it's it is a good thing but it's it's crazy to see but
0: yeah that um, was that was actually one question i was going to ask you is like with like it, it's funny for me because like like i said i started shooting film like 20 years ago and like i still like film but i just don't really shoot it that much anymore it's just not really part of my work yeah workflow but do you feel like with like the resurgence of film and film cameras do you think sometimes people get too focused in on the gear and the film sometimes and kind of forget about like I guess more of like the oh, yeah. the idea and stuff. Because I think, yeah, sometimes people get attracted. Because every photographer loves gear. But I think, for, at least for me, the thing I've learned is that it's not about the gear. It's really about the idea and what you're trying to create with your, your uh, camera, I guess. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, it
1: you know, a camera is a tool. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And you can have uh all kinds of different tools for whatever job you're trying to do and mm-hmm. and that's what I've always tried to tell people I'm like you know when I when I really I don't know it's like with, with any film camera that I have I can tell you 10 things I really like about that specific camera or 10 things I don't like about it or whatever. Mm. Um, well, pr- probably not 10 things I don't like cause I'm really not that picky. <laughs> I, I really like just about every camera I pick up, but, but it's like, you know, th- they're all just tools and, and, I love all of the different things about, you know, how a shutter sounds or the way the winding sounds on mm-hmm. this camera or yeah. you know the different lens options you have for this camera and this and that and that's one of one thing I love about film is Definitely. just the diversity of there's so many different ways to make a photo mm-hmm. like me- mechanically when it comes to film cameras and there's just such a good tactile experience from it but at the end of the day like no one is really gonna like look at the photo and judge whether or not it's a good photo based on what camera you used. You know, a good photo is a good photo. I have photos that I've made with my iPhone of my kids that are some of my favorites. And then I've shot photos with, you know, uh, Hasselblad setup of my kids and it didn't turn out the way I wanted at all you yeah. know what I mean like it mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter um, mm-hmm. I probably can tell you which photo I enjoyed making more than the <laughs> other but okay. that doesn't mean that doesn't make it a better photo you know so yeah. I always tell people I'm like you know if if you love mm-hmm. shooting film that's awesome I can talk to you all day about it because I'm right there with you like it's a big part of the, like that tactile experience and just that process is Mm -hmm. a big part of why I enjoy taking photos, you know? And, and so for me, it's just, it's a tool that I use when I want to shoot that way. But Mm -hmm. if I'm going to go shoot a wedding, I'm not going to shoot the whole wedding on, you know, a a Hasselblad Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's just, it's just not going to work for the the way that I want to work, you Mm -hmm. know? So I'll grab a digital camera for that for a million different reasons, you know, but it's just, It's just a tool for, for the job, you know, depending on what you're shooting, you have a lot of options Mm -hmm. and, and that's the beauty of it. You have those options and you don't have to use, you know, one specific thing. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's right. for me it's like the interesting thing is like uh like I know one of your favorite photographers is like Elliot Irwitt and he shoots yeah. with, with a I think he shot with Leica for years and you know, it's not that he has this nice Leica, it's really about his perspective on the world and how he views it and that's what makes him a good photographer, not the fact that he owns some like six thousand dollar Leica, you know? Oh yeah, exactly. And uh, and and I've always loved Elliot Irwitt for not only his
1: photos, but like his, his sense of humor in his photos Mm -hmm. and just in his personality as well. Um, I've like so many good things about Elliot (laughs) Irwitt, but just his approach to that, uh, one of my favorite things of his that I've ever seen. And, and I've, my, my main camera for the past five years has been my M six and I've used that photo or that camera, To make photos of everything from our kids you know being born to my dad's funeral like i've used that camera for everything Mm -hmm. but it's just it's a good camera and i just enjoy using it it's as simple as that it's not about it being a better camera or anything and there was there was a a video at this like a gallery and it was like a gallery opening maybe and there's all these different legendary photographers there and they're this, these people that were making kind of like a little highlight video of just the whole event. They're going around and asking, um, you know, all these photographers, like, you know, what is it about the Leica camera that you love or why is it you use Leica cameras? Cause it was like a, it was a Leica event, you know? Yep, yep. And with, with, with that, you got like so many answers about like, well, you know, it's just this such a discreet machine and it's an extension of my eye and like all this like super dramatic stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they get to Elliot Erwitt and he was like, "Why wouldn't I? It's a good camera." And I was like, "That's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's the best best possible thing ever." Not only because he's right, but like the fact that it was layered with all of these super dramatic Leica yeah. type things. I was like, "Oh, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: So good. Yeah. That's pretty, <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. He just, he, there's no bullshit with that guy. It's just, uh, he's straight to the point. Um, yeah. Yes. I love that about it. Yeah. So good. And, uh, you know, one thing I was interested in, and like I said, the way I found your work was on YouTube, and then you've grown quite yeah. a big following on YouTube and everything. I was just kind of curious talking to you about, like, what kind of made you kind of start that page? Um, what was kind of your initial goal with that, I guess? Yeah.
1: I, um, that was something that I kind of kicked around the idea. Of, like I kind of kicked the idea around for about maybe like a year before I actually even like teased the idea of it. And cause I kind of asked people at first, I was like, Hey, if I did this, like would anybody actually watch it? Yeah. And cause I was like, you know, at the time the only reason I wanted to make it was because I couldn't find any information on the cameras that I was looking at. Like I would, see i would be in a camera shop or you know i would just be on ebay or something i would see a camera and i'm like no idea what that is like how that camera works and i would try and look up information on it and yeah aside from downloading like really old you know manuals that have been turned into pdfs like i couldn't get any like i want to know how that camera like like i want to hear from a person about that camera you know what i mean and when the new like Canon or Sony camera comes out, there's a hundred videos within an hour of it being announced, but mm-hmm. there's so many cameras where I was like, no one has any information on this stuff. And yeah. like, that would be helpful for me. So I'm sure it would be helpful for other people too, you know? So at the, at first it was literally just like, I go through a lot of cameras. I'm always trading and swapping and this and that, like, cause I like trying out different cameras, but no one has information, so I'm like, "I might as well just Do tell people how this camera works if I have it for whether it' be a year or two weeks before I trade it to something else. You know what i mean mm-hmm. so so it was it was mostly just as like a resource thing yeah. more than anything um people you know if they wanted to learn how to load a pentax six seven like well, they could watch a video and they would be able to see like in someone's actual hands, how it's being loaded, you know what I mean? And that was, yeah, that was, was this, really the only,
0: yeah. It was this really, like, um, it was almost catered to this, like, you know, this be, almost like beginners, like people that are really just getting into it, and you made it simple. Because I think with a lot of times, yeah. those, like, camera review things that they make, it turns into, like, it's like these gearheads that are, like, no i mean it's good to know every intricacy but it sometimes it, it becomes too hard to understand for like the common person and at least for me right. i think that's why i found it really kind of interesting you made it really simple and uh, like approachable for people that are kind of just getting into it you know
1: yeah yeah and that was kind of the goal cuz i'm like you know like if if people nowadays get into film for the first time a lot of these people, they've never shot film or even been around that kind of process ever. You know what I mean? It's. I think that's why we see things like, because people are always like, oh, it's just a bunch of hipsters and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's like, okay, sure, to an extent, I'm sure there's some of that. But at the same time, you know, there are kids now who are picking up a film camera because they, whether they saw it on YouTube or they saw something on Instagram, but they're like, damn, what is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is totally new for them. And that's exciting. You yeah. know, like it, it makes sense that they would get really attracted to, you know, something like that because they've never been around it before. And they're probably a little burnt out on like the Sony a 42 yeah. by now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like that stuff, I'm sure people are just like, oh, this is something different, like mm-hmm. totally different than anything else where, they're doing homework on iPads and stuff like that. Like it's just such a different experience that I think that's why a lot of kids are getting into it. Cause they're like, sweet, something new. And mm-hmm. everyone behind them is screaming like, no, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I always hear from like people that are like, Oh, I shot film, you know, professionally with film for 30 years. Why would anyone ever want to go back to it? And it's like, well, yeah. No wonder you don't want to touch it ever again. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like you already got your fair share in, you know. So, yeah. so to, to kind of give it a place where like people that are totally new to it, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, that's that's exciting. That's why you see record stores now are super in because it's fun, you know. Yeah, it's fun. Like people like it for the collecting, or they like it for you know, it's something new. It's, they've never listened to music. Mm-hmm in that way before all they knew were downloading stuff on iTunes and it's just, you know, it's, it's rad that we have options now because like, I mean, Hey, I, I get it. I have an Apple watch, but I still take notes with a pen because that's just, (laughs) it's what works for me. You know, they're all, they're all tools. So it's just use, use whatever works for you. But, but yeah, trying to, trying to make everything as approachable as possible was, was really the goal, you know?
0: And was it always, were you always comfortable talking in front of a camera? Because I think when you first started, no. I, yeah, I mean, that doesn't come across. You really just seem like genuine, honest. Like, I, it's funny to hear you say that because I think that's probably why people attract to it because you just seem like a nice guy. And I think you started, it wasn't, I think were, their initial videos were just like you and a GoPro pretty much just talking. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, I. Which I still,
1: like, if people saw how much I struggle still to make a YouTube video just because, like, I- I've gotten used to it, but at the same time, it's never fully natural to sit in a room and talk to a camera as if you're talking to people.
2: Oh, yeah. You know,
1: like, and then, because, like, I always tried to keep in mind, like, okay, people are gonna be, people are going to be watching this. I don't need to be, like, a robot. Yep. But at the same time, I don't want to be one of those, like, super overly enthusiastic people because
0: what's up YouTube.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. I'm just like, dude, you can see right through that. Like, yeah, just like no one, no one made a rule that you have to do that. No one, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like y- you can choose to, to not do that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it was funny whenever I first got started, cause my wife was like encouraging me to do it for a while. She was like, yep. I know how you are. Like, I know how you are with stuff like this. You would be like, you would cover everything because that's just how you are with stuff. But mm-hmm. she's like, but you're, you're approachable. You can teach people stuff like
2: mm-hmm. you
1: can do this, you know? So she would, she was pushing me to do it ever since I first kind of teased the idea of it. But, um, cause I had talked to her about it obviously before anybody. And I just was doubting myself for like a year before I actually did it, but I couldn't make a video when she was like on the same floor of the house (laughs) because i felt so awkward because in my head all i could think of is molly is on the other side of this wall and she's like think you know what i mean i'm sure she wasn't even paying attention but it was just like in your head i got so like self-conscious yeah and i was just like no i i can't do it you have to like either go upstairs or downstairs (laughs) there's no way i can do this like it was it was such a weird thing but and it was funny too like If I ever had a video where like a friend of mine like was in the video Mm -hmm. or, you know, I was taking photos of a friend in the video and we're sitting there recording it and I'm talking to this camera on the tripod. And then like halfway through, I would just be like, how uncomfortable is this for you? Because I'm used to it by now, but you've got to be. And they're just like, no, it's cool. But I'm like, no, there's there's nothing cool about me. Talking yeah. to my camera in
0: my office. <laughs> yeah, man. It's tough. Even even me literally the hardest thing, I mean I've been doing this podcast nine months, but the hardest thing I just record like thirty second intros and outros and people wouldn't realize, sometimes it takes me, like, 10 or 15 times to record them Oh, dude. Because you don't, you're, like, talking in a way that's, like, not, like, that normal. So you kind of, like, yeah. fuck up your words. And it's just, it's a hard. So I can't imagine you, because some of your videos are, like, 10 or 15 minutes long. So I can't <laughs> imagine talking for that long.
1: Dude, well, what's weird is, like, because I know exactly what you mean, because every single episode of my podcast, mm-hmm. every time I would end up like when I would finish recording the intro, yep. every single time I would see on my desktop, just like 30 QuickTime audio recordings <laughs> open. You know what I mean? Like, and I'd have to close out all of these horrible failed attempts. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but whenever I would do a YouTube video, I don't know if it's just because maybe it has to do with like the pressure of it where I'm thinking, okay. I'm doing a podcast with this guest. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I do them. I want to like do it right for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I guess if I'm just talking about a camera, like on my own YouTube channel, it's like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe that's part of it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> did you, did you kind of ever envision it getting as big as it's gotten? Cause I mean, I mean, I think it's almost getting close to 100,000 followers. You get, you've had sponsorships, yeah. sponsorships with like Squarespace. You got camera companies sending you gear to check out. Did you ever envision it taking, taking off like the way it has?
1: No, not, <laughs> not <laughs>
0: in the slightest, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's
1: really, really surprised me. And it's been one of the, just one of like the coolest things that I've been able ever been able to do, and and not just because of like like it it's been great for you know personal and like business reasons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for for our family, like we for instance, like going to like I went to speak at uh, the Leica store in in DC yep. last year, yeah, and like they covered a trip for me and my wife to go there and stay, and like. Damn. Doing something like that, I'm like, I could have never imagined that. So it's, it's cool because I get to do something with photography, but at the same time, like it's a trip for me and my wife, you know what I mean? And, um, and then financially too, like having two kids, having a family and like bills, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then being able to have companies like Squarespace be able to sponsor the channel. And it's like, Mm -hmm. whenever that, Concept came, I just like I didn't know what to think. And my first thought is like, obviously, people are going to be like, oh, this is dumb. He's, he's got a sponsor now, you know, because that's just how people are. But I'm like, yeah you know, I could either not make these videos and spend that time that I used to make the videos like on a job so i can make money hell yeah you're spending people don't
0: I, re- people don't realize the amount of time that you spend doing this like yeah it, dude it, they it just think that it uploads it's like no at least for me my podcast for like researching the guest writing the questions then editing it from start to finish it's probably like three or four hours of work and i can only imagine with oh the, yeah. with the videos, it's the same thing so why shouldn't you make some money off it you know
1: like, yeah yeah I'm, I'm like you know if it comes down to this like that's that's what i'm gonna do because you know and, and people have asked me like like i've had people say like oh you should make a, a patreon account so that way people can like pay for content and i'm like hmm. i don't like if, if i didn't have a sponsor mm-hmm. I, that would probably be the next thing to do but i don't want to have a sponsor and make people pay for something i'm like no this this works because yep. squarespace is allowing to, you know, finance this thing so I can spend the time on it. And then everybody gets a free video out of it. So, like, the only people that have to pay for any of this is Squarespace right now. You know what I mean? It's like, that's cool. Like, everybody wins that way. But it's it's, it's been...
0: I think... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I think also it's just really interesting. The thing that I've been kind of amazed by is the way that you kind of utilize your kind of platform because you you'll also sell like prints on your website sometimes you'll do zines and i think it's really cool like nowadays i think a lot of times people think there's like a straight line way to like make a living as a photographer like you got to move to new york city and then you got to assist and then you can start right but the thing nowadays with like these new technologies you can kind of utilize it in a way to benefit yourself. And I think that's the thing that I've always just kind of been interested in how you've been using it. It's just kind of creative because you live in Ohio and you're kind of utilizing it in a really creative way.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there is no limit in regards to like your location anymore. You know what I mean? Like those walls are gone. Mm -hmm. Like the, the amount of just connection that I've made with people through, social media and like shared interest, it's insane. You know, I, and, 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 you know, for me, I've always not only like documented my personal life, but I've, I'm an open book, you know, like I, I, I share what's going on like with my life, you know, with people, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a limit there, but I mean, but I'm pretty transparent, you know? Um, And, and for, for me, it's like, the way that social media is nowadays, you know, for, for me to, to be like on YouTube and stuff. I mean, I, I follow people on Instagram that I don't know. And I I've subscribed to people on YouTube that I don't know, but it's usually it's through a a shared interest, but Mm -hmm. the people that I really connect with and that I'm like invested in Mm -hmm. it's because of just, them as people, not because of like what camera they review or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, like there, there's. I don't want to just get out of it. I I, I want to get some sort of like human connection out of stuff like that. Like if I'm going to use social media, I don't want it to be about numbers. I want it to be about people. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so so I mean for for me, the people that I really connect with and really enjoy seeing, it's because. I'm like invested in them as a person or like you know them and their family and you know just trying to find like good people you know
2: yeah
1: and um you know I just I've always been an open book in that regard and shared stuff with people and mm. and a lot of times people will ask they're like you know don't you think there's like maybe like that's not a good idea or like do you think that sometimes it's it's hard because you're putting everything out there and you don't really You know, people have their reservations about it, but I'm like, you know, I, I fully get that and respect that. But I think that being that transparent and like really kind of opening myself up to people, I, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have made so many different, like just good friends even Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Because there's connection there and, Mm -hmm. um, excuse me. Yep. I just think that, um, I don't know. I mean, there, there, there are people that have reached out whenever, like whenever my dad passed uh, a little over a year ago, I had people from all over the world reaching out to me. And, and, um, I mean, a guy did this like sketch of a, a photo I'd shot of my dad and he mailed that to me from, you know, like another country. And it was just like, really sweet and like touching things like that Mm -hmm. all just because of social media where there's this stigma that like oh it's just you know none of that's real none of it matters and like Mm -hmm. blah blah blah, people are just addicted to their phones and like for sure there's definitely like evidence of that and like people definitely get way too sucked into it and it's great to unplug and you know Mm -hmm. I'm fully aware of that but but I think that a lot of times it only gets a bad rap because of stuff like that. And people don't see like the human connection side of it. And that, yeah, the connection, I mean, real people from all over the world being able to interact and have like an actual connection that they could have never had before any of this was here. Yeah, uh, It's just... You know, it's it's really really eye opening. Yeah, um, and
0: do you feel like it's almost kind of therapeutic for you? Cause watching your videos, I mean, the the last year you've had a rough year. Like your dad passed, and then I think you, your your mom got breast cancer, and then you you kind of yeah just, yeah you kind of dealt with you're dealing with the health thing right now. And I mean, yeah. like like you said, you put it all out there. Do you feel like it's almost kind of therapeutic for you to kind of just put it out there and just kind of talk to people about what you're going through, kind of?
1: Yeah, you know, in a way, I think it is because it's like, you know, being able to, to vent to somebody in a way where it's not anything, you know, too personal, like personal information that I shouldn't be sharing, obviously, but you know, just, just sharing like what's going on Mm -hmm. and like, this is what I'm going through right now. And even just like, for me being in the hospital Like I got really emotional that week and the week after, especially like after I'd come home and could really think about like, like reading all of these like messages and stuff from people. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I had people from all over the world reaching out about similar things that they were going through or someone that a family member went through or anything like that. And there's just so many good people out there that honestly are just, you know, trying to have that kind of connection with, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I think that in a lot of ways it is therapeutic to just be able to like get stuff like that off my chest, but also, you know, in a way, like I I like the idea of, you know, for, for me watching my brother for the better part of my life live, you know, from a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of different things he's faced and overcome and you know, growing up, I always saw that as like, okay, this is how bad things can get. Mm-hmm. He knows it could still be worse. And like, he's still pushing, you know what I mean? Like, he's always been like, moving forward. And I've learned so much from that, like he, you know, that whole idea of like, oh, looking up to your big brother, like mm-hmm. that doesn't even like come close, yeah. you know what I mean? To to see everything he faced, you know, while he was still a teenager and, like, kept moving forward, so yeah. I've always really not only, like, admired that kind of attitude, but, like, tried to use it myself, and so I've always been, like, pretty big on just, like, you know, working through it, like, whatever you got, like, you, you got to keep going, you know,
0: yeah, man, and, it's, uh, I, I, think, I mean, I think people really appreciate it, you know, it, it comes across as, wh- as genuine, you know,
1: well, yeah, and, and you know, it's, like, I never want to come across as like being
0: preachy about
1: it or anything like that. But it's like, you know, for, for me to see all of that and like get so much out of it. And it's like, if I can share this mindset at all with anybody to like, like, yeah, maybe what you're going through right now, it's rough. And like, you're going to have that, but you know, I don't know. Like if, if I can just show people that like, you just got to work yeah, no man. matter what it is, whether it's your photography or whatever. Right. Um, like whether it's talking about photography and saying like, you need to always be shooting or mm-hmm. doing this or that, like,
2: mm.
1: or even just life. Like I, like I said, for, for me, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the, the last couple of years have been, been pretty heavy yeah, and man. there's been a lot, but it's like, you know, it could still be worse. Like I'm still here, it's, you know? It's, and it's like, yeah, You you, you gotta just, yeah. Right. And, and I think that that's a big aspect of why I share that kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. I know other people are going through Mm -hmm. similar or worse situations than, you know, I might be in or my mom or my brother, whatever. It's just, if, if other people are going through something and they could use hearing that, Mm -hmm. then yeah, I'm going to share it for sure. You know, and, and it's, it's been really cool to, to hear from so many people. Um, just about everything that's been going on and, and, you know, whether it be that or photography, it's just, it's all about that kind of connection, you know, and people that I've like looked up to for years and now, you know, like for instance, one of the, the longest phone calls I've had, or I did have the the week that my dad had his stroke. Um, I say week is a few days, but when he had his stroke, it was still in the hospital for a couple of days before he passed yeah. the person that i spoke to cool. longest about it as far as like people that were calling mm. was ray barbie
0: wow and and for, that
1: was like and
0: for people listening that don't know who ray barbie is he's just like a, <laughs> a, a legendary skateboarder go youtube him. amazing musician yeah. photographer in his own right um but yeah this is Everything, amazing yeah. amazing guy
1: Yeah. And to this day, like one of the most just genuine and good hearted people I've ever met, but I met Ray through Instagram because he, he mess, which blew my mind. And I was fully like tripping, like fanboying,
2: Mm -hmm. like (laughs) looking
1: at my phone and seeing he had messaged me and he was asking me about developing HP five film. And I was like, (laughs) like, I like double, I I clicked on his name and like had to double check. I'm like, is this the, like the actual Ray Barbie (laughs) I know about, you know, like, Somewhat like I I currently have a framed photo of him on my wall before (laughs) ever speaking to me, Ray Barbie. Like, yeah, that's the same one. And so we met there and started talking. And eventually I had him on my podcast and stuff. But when he heard about my dad, he just called me and I talked to him for a couple hours on the phone about uh, the whole situation. And it just, that when that happened, Mm. I was really like, okay, this is like, this is the kind of stuff people don't see. About social media, the fact that someone that I've looked up to for years,
2: mm.
1: is just called and we didn't talk a word about photography or skateboarding. It was just about family yep. and that kind of thing. I was like, man, that's the kind of connection that people, mm. you know, don't see when they think of social media. And, and there have been plenty of different situations from people I'd never even heard of reaching out to me and sharing stuff with me that like brought me to tears. You know, there's, there's a lot there that I think people don't see, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's unreal, you know, that that kind of connection, it, it can still, you know, it can still happen.
0: Yeah, man, that's exciting. And I guess kind of on the flip side of that, uh, how do you, when you're growing a, a, like your YouTube channel, it's gotten pretty big, obviously, you get negative feedback um is that so oh, yeah it, how do you deal with that and is it something you think you've gotten better at because uh you can get 30 it is funny you can get like 30 messages and people are like oh i love your videos love your videos but you get that one message where somebody's just like a dick and oh dude. It, it gets to you right <laughs> yeah well that's the thing like i would love to be the guy that's like
1: Oh no, you just, those are just haters. You just ignore them and blah, blah, blah. Like everyone says <laughs> that. And I'm like, no, you're human. Like you think about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if if I, if, and it, it, it's exactly how you said it too, mm-hmm. you know, like for every a hundred comments of people being like, thank you so much. This is the information I was looking for. Couldn't mm-hmm. find it anywhere. Great. Like I could get a three long paragraph about, how helpful a video was but yeah. then if the comment right after it is like wow this shit sucks and that's the only thing they even put in the comment yeah. that will be the one that i think about you know what i mean <laughs> that's just that's that's the way it is. And is i'm like yeah and i think for me the hardest part is when i think not that people don't understand what i'm saying but if they like miss if they like yeah if if it's if it's like they don't get the right idea like if if if, if i'm not being clear enough mm-hmm. you know what i mean if if I do that, then I'm like, damn it, I could have avoided that. And this person could have gotten the right information or yeah. whatever. Maybe they would have enjoyed the video if I did it this way. Yeah, like, right. that's the kind of thing that I get super, I would get like obsessed over it and like dwell on it. You know what I mean? And like, I got that. I feel like I've gone through different phases of that where I'll go through a period where I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, yeah. they're that person's probably just bored or they're having a bad day and they're taking it out on me. That's yep. fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then be, there would be in other periods where I'm just like, damn it, no matter what I can do, I can't please everybody. Yeah. And I hate that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, it's just, it, and I think that people that, you always hear from people like, don't listen to those comments. And I, my first thought is always, do you have a YouTube channel or do you have a podcast? (laughs) Do you know what that's like? You know what I mean? And it's like, it sounds like such a bratty kind of response, but I'm like, but I'm like, you really don't know how much that stuff can eat at you unless you are creating some kind of content like that. You know what I mean? Like that's just, it's hard to understand unless you do it yourself. But that said, those people are still right. You still shouldn't care about it. It's yeah. just easier said than done. But yeah, yeah, but I think now yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think now I'm better at it. And I think honestly a lot of it has to do with whenever I was in the hospital. The amount of people that reached out and were sharing stuff about it and someone making a GoFundMe account. Like
2: yeah.
1: someone in LA making a GoFundMe account, you know, like someone who I had spoken to before but it was just Someone messaging me and we talked about photography. They had a question or something, you know, and that was, that was the extent of it. But someone that was like, they reached out to Molly and they were like, Hey, I know what's going on with Matt. I'd like to do this. And yeah. then the whole like film photography community, mm. like worldwide came together and it was like the most, it's crazy. like I was in the hospital bawling yeah. numerous times and Molly's like, it's okay. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like,
0: yeah, it must, that's got to be a weird feeling. It. Like, yeah, because I think they raised almost close to like $50,000 and that, that, I can't imagine. That must, yeah. It almost be, it must be a weird feeling. Like, like, it's hard, it's probably it, hard it, to accept that.
1: It was very hard to accept. Yeah. And, and I kept telling Molly, I was like, you know, I, I, don't know how I'm ever going to repay this and she's Mm -hmm. like you're not expected to like these people want to help you and I was like I don't deserve that though and I had a really really hard time accepting it especially when I first came home from the hospital and I don't know if it was just because like okay I'm home I'm back to like in the place where I make videos I don't know what it was where I was just like I like, I just felt like I didn't deserve Mm. that kind of help from people. And, you know, but since then, obviously I've spent a lot of time just thinking about everything and, and reading all the messages and, you know, it was really eye opening that, okay, those like negative comments that I'll receive, like, you know, that's really a very, very, very small percentage of like what this whole thing is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was, it was, really really eye opening and like one that i'm still trying to like wrap my head around mm-hmm. but it just really kind of like reinstated that that idea of like you know mm-hmm. despite never being physically near these people or in the same space or anything like there's actual connection there from people who get something mm-hmm. out of watching these videos or seeing these photos you know and i think that i don't know it's just that kind of like, mm. I think just from me sharing my personal life yep. that maybe that's why people have so much feeling for it or they, yeah, you, you know, kinda, they get so
0: much out of it. Yeah. You've kind of, you've helped probably helped out. You've helped out a lot of people and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong. People help you out when you need to help, you know, it goes, it, yeah. It, and it, and that, it goes both that's ways. what my wife was explaining.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what Molly kept telling me. And I'm like, <laughs> That's, that's, that's not the same thing though you know <laughs> it was just like I had such a hard time but but yeah. you know i i i've I've come to understand that you know people want to help people that they care about, and I know that I'm no different, and like I try to pay it forward any chance i get and yeah, that's, that's really you know all you can do is is try to be that person you know whenever you're called to be that person you know what I mean
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and you know um are you good to go for a little longer there's like a few more questions or something yeah yeah all right yeah yeah absolutely man all right cool and uh you know one thing I was kind of curious about was like when you're making all this YouTube content and you're making these videos do you have you ever felt like it's taken away from your own photography just because even for myself like I have to be real conscious like the amount of time I spend in the podcast like even I like doing it But at the end of the day, like I'm a photographer and that's my main passion. Have you ever felt like the YouTube page is kind of, um, kind of taken over and you you haven't had absolutely. Yeah. It's a hard,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally get that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I I think that that's another one of those things where it's like, unless you have a podcast or YouTube channel or whatever, it's hard to understand how much of a difference that really does make, but I totally get that. Um, you know, I would, I would at times uh, like I I went through a phase probably about a year ago um, where um, like I mentioned, like whenever my dad died, I took over his business like immediately and it all happened very sudden. So Mm -hmm. there were a lot of moving parts last year, but I went through this phase with photography as well where it was like I was second guessing every single photo I took. It was like, don't know what the real reason is why I'm taking this. So I'm just not going to take it. And it was like, not all the time, but that happened way more often than not. And it was, I think it was almost like I was trying to decide, like, am I taking this for myself? Is this something I can, I'm taking it because I'm going to share it on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, you know what I mean? And it became like, Hmm. you know, why am I really taking this photo? What's the point? If, if it's, if it's not of my family, am I taking it for me? Am I taking it for other people? And it just, it was a really weird kind of thing. And, and, you know, one that I still think like, you know, I'm I'm still kind of trying to figure out mm-hmm. um, like why that thought comes up certain times and it doesn't. at others, I don't know. It's, it's really weird, but I do think that um, time management is big as well, just because, you know, Like you said, like you, it's a time consuming process and and you enjoy it, but you still enjoy other things. And I, like you said, you're, you're a photographer. That's why you have a podcast because it's another avenue for you to dive into something you love. You Mm. know what I mean? It's not a podcast about music. It's about photography because that's what you do. So it's like, you know, I, I think that for me, I actually took like a month off of youtube before i went into the hospital and i was just like you know i just have a lot going on with like my business and like my mom was going through chemo and it was just like our daughter she was going through her testing to like see if she has autism which she does Mm -hmm. we found out but like you know, there was just a lot of stuff going on at the time a couple of months ago where I was like, you know, my family really needs me more than anything. So I'm just going to take some time to not worry about YouTube. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I've, I'm under contract with, you know, Squarespace, you know, for this sponsorship of their, for them on the YouTube channel. And they have been the most like kind and like understanding people. Everything from, you know, when, when I would have to like kind of like, pause things when my dad had his stroke to everything going on this year like no matter what if i just said to them like hey i need to kind of pause for a sec Mm. their first thing always is like take care of like yourself and your family more than anything like don't stress this we will be here whenever you're ready for it you know like they've been Mm. the absolute best people and i've like praise them a million times and not just in advertisements that I do with them, but like genuinely they're just good people. So, so anyway, all that to say, I was lucky enough to take a break from everything, um, a couple of, a couple of months ago. And, you know, I, I had explained to people, I'm like, you know, I miss making the videos, but at the same time, this break has been really nice because, you know, I'm a photographer and that's what I love doing. I love making photos. Mm-hmm. I don't like my, my, you know, my absolute passion is making photos, not talking about making photos. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's and a, it's like, it's, and it's like, I, and it's like, I, yeah, like I love that too. You know, like that's why I, I have the YouTube channel and a podcast that, you know, I kind of stopped a while back, but mm-hmm. like that's why I wanted to make those two things in the first place. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I wanted it to be an extension of photography because. I love doing it, but like, what else can I do with photography? Oh, I can talk about it and like yeah. connect with people over it, you know, but it's like at the end of the day, I'm a photographer, not just a, a podcaster or yeah. a content creator, whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. I'm a photographer more than anything. So yeah. at times that can be a lot to try and juggle around, not just time wise, but also how much you're investing and like how you're investing into it with mm. your like actual your feeling into it you know what I mean
0: yeah definitely man it's a uh, it takes time and you know one one, yeah. one project I was interested in talking to you about they have on your website it's called friend of mine um how did, yeah how did that kind of project start and what was kind of your initial goal when you started photographing that project um that was
1: a project that kind of Became a project after it was already a project. If that made sense. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I so the the, the whole t- the, the 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 whole thing itself is all just about Chillicothe, Ohio, which is the town I've lived my whole life. And like I mentioned earlier, we've seen a really big um, just growth in like the downtown area and things like that over the last like five five or six years. But more than anything, um, I've always just loved our area for Mm -hmm. the way it looks or the size of it it's just been very like it's been good to me like I've always enjoyed Chillicothe and people would always talk especially years ago about how like oh there's just nothing there like it's just a small town with nothing there everybody in Chillicothe would talk about it that way and everybody outside of Chillicothe would talk about it that way and I never like understood that because I'm like damn like this is home to me you know like this is this is it like I love it here but I was always really big on it and so when people would talk about it I would get like I would get like angry as if they were talking about like a friend you know what I mean like I it was like it was like a person to me I'm like no like this is this is it like this is our home this is you know it's a good place but Mm -hmm. um but so that was kind of the idea behind like the the concept of like friend of mine. And it became just like me showing Chillicothe like in a, in the best way that I could to like show what I loved about it. Mm-hmm. Everything from like the way it looked to certain. I don't know. It was just like mm-hmm. I want people to look at this book and get a feel for Chillicothe of like, the way I see it and the way, like, the the reasons I love it, you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, kind of experience, experience it, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so I'd been always taking photos of Chillicothe just because, you know, I, that was just what I enjoyed doing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until maybe a couple years into it where I was like, I guess I could do something with these photos, you know what I mean? <laughs> and not just share like one-offs, you know, mm-hmm. like on Instagram, like it was just like, I would just share the photos because I'm like, Oh, here's another photo, of a coffee. Like that's what you come to expect when you like would look at my Instagram, you know? Um, like I didn't have kids at the time. It was just mm-hmm. me and Molly in our free time, we would just drive around like go down back roads and pull over and shoot a photo and get back in the car and drive and, you know, or walk around town and do the same thing. It was just yeah. what we did. So um, after realizing like, Oh, I guess I could do like a book or, you know, put something together like that, which it, I ended up just doing like a little self published blurb book mm. out of it back in 2014. Yeah. I want to say,
0: or yeah, it says Nove- was, November, f- 2014 on your website.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was whenever I actually like did the book and it was like, mm. it was like, cool. And, and you know, these it's, it's done. It's out there. But, I still haven't stopped taking those kind of photos. Yeah. So, I mean, it was probably like a month after I'd released the book, I shot a photo where I was like, damn it, that would have been perfect to go in there. <laughs> but I knew that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause I was like, never, I'm never going to stop taking photos here. Yeah, so it never ends, you know? Yeah. And I was like, if I don't put a, an actual deadline on it, it's mm-hmm. never going to get done. So, yeah. so that's what I did. Yeah. Um, but it was really, it just came from like, you know, what i had already always been taking photos of and anytime people ask about like you know i want a personal project i just don't know where to start i'm like start with something you absolutely love Mm -hmm. and just think about how you can bring your camera into that whether it be and that's why i think you see so many people like whenever if if they're into skateboarding and photography like they naturally go hand in hand and Mm -hmm. it's like uh, you find a lot of people that find skateboarding because of photography or people that find uh, photography because of skateboarding you know and yeah. it's like it's it's just one of those things that I think skateboarding just breeding creativity in itself you get so many creative people drawn to it and also you know exploring more creative stuff because of skateboarding so it's just anytime people you know ask about personal projects and stuff I'm like just Find you know whatever it is that you love, like what you're passionate about, and just explore that. You yeah, know? I think or it's. I think it's,
0: I think it's like it doesn't have to be that difficult. <clears throat> difficult, you know. Like if it, honestly, yeah. like it could be as simple as like if you like pizza go do a photo project on pizza there's a, a mil, <laughs> yeah like you exactly could, you could photograph the people that that make pizza or the or the uh, storefronts of pizza places or the actual food of pizza like every little in, there's exactly like, it, it doesn't have to be what's like this. the
1: process where do these things grow can you yeah. go back to the farms where they're great <laughs> yeah like
0: all that stuff <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah like you said this photograph what you like what's in front of you and I like with that how you said you made the book and I, I know you've done um, a, a zine called little Man mountains is like making books and zines and printing your work is that something that you feel like is important to you and like what do you think you kind of enjoy about working on those projects
1: yeah you know I think um for, for me like I enjoy the act of printing myself but just holding an actual print or something in print like it whether it be a book or a zine or an actual just individual print um there's just that kind of tactile experience that the same way I enjoy, you know, manually advancing my film, it's the same way I like manually holding a photo in, in front of me and not being, not relying on, you know, a a battery in my phone in order to see this photo or you know being able to have electricity in the house to plug in the computer to see you know it's just Mm -hmm. not having any kind of disruption or anything else between just you and the print and in front of you like uh, it's just it's I think something that any photographer would be able to do and be like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like that feels better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, or maybe for some people, maybe it doesn't feel better, but they know that it's just a different feeling. You know what I mean? It's, it's the same way of looking at the camera as a tool. It's like, yeah, you can look at photos on an iPad or you can look at at them in a book. Some people might prefer the iPad. Some people might prefer the book. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just another one of those things, but I, I really enjoy, sitting down with a book with no distractions no text message alert is going to pop up (laughs) on my you know my book as I'm looking through it trying to focus on something and um it's just that that kind of uh you know tactile feeling of it I really like and um just giving photos a home in general even if we're not talking books even if we're just talking like you know releasing uh, a series of photos I think that's just a good thing for any photographer to do to not just the act of releasing it and putting it out there. Like there's a lot to be said for that. But I think just the idea of grabbing all of these photos that you've taken at different times, different circumstances and pulling them together and making something out of that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a really interesting kind of exercise. Um, And, 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 you know, whether it be a project, like maybe it was a specific thing, like going back to the pizza thing, maybe (laughs) you have all these photos that were shot with this, actual project in mind and you've been working towards this end goal this whole time Mm -hmm. you know maybe it's that kind of process or maybe it's you know well I have all of these photos that I shot from all over the states Mm -hmm. maybe I can try and put something together and you had no reason other than this is a photo I want to take so I'm going to take it right now and who knows what I'll do with it you know there are so many photos I have that don't have a home Mm -hmm. but it's like you never know when you could use that photo for something or when you might see it again, and it could spark something that you didn't see you know five years ago when you looked at it,
0: yeah, um, and I think just, I think you yeah. can you can learn a lot this like printing your work and you spend more time with it rather than just like, yeah, flipping yeah, flipping on your phone or an iPad, I think that's right, when, yeah, when you do take the time to do it you you kind of learn more about your work and kind of progress, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to learn just from looking at your own photos, which sounds really weird. Cause you're like, I took the photo. I know why I took it, but <laughs> you would be surprised. You uh, know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there are photos I've looked back on that I thought I really liked at the time. And now, you know, I don't think they aged as well, where now I'm just like, eh, it's not really, mm-hmm. it doesn't really hold that same weight, but then I'll, I'll see photos that I just overlooked and think like, man, like yeah. this one really stands out now, you know? And it's just, Different experiences as time goes on, that kind of thing. But, um, it is really interesting to be able to like look at your own work and see things that you never saw before. And, and also, like I said, just that, that exercise of like seeing what you can put together from your own work, um, things that aren't even, you didn't think we're connected, but maybe you'll find a connection, uh, you know, after years of taking them or years apart, even, you know, it's just, Yeah. it's, it's good to, to really sit down and, and spend the time, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I guess just to kind of wrap up, I was just kind of curious, I guess, do you have any kind of goals for, I guess, your own photography, the YouTube channel or anything you're kind of looking to work on uh, going forward? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, the, as far as the YouTube channel,
1: uh, ending the hiatus on it, you know, getting <laughs> yeah. back to it. That's 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 goal number one, which I'm I'm hoping I'll have uh, a new video up in the next week or two. Just kind of like getting back to it, you know, and getting back onto my regular schedule. Um, but right now, you know, another part of that is I can't work right now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, being, you know, the I for anybody who is listening that doesn't know, um, I had a tick bite. Where I was diagnosed with ehrlichiosis, Mm -hmm. which is a tick-borne illness that you most commonly find in dogs, but I was so lucky that I got it. Um, And you know, uh, I was having horrible fevers and body shakes and vomiting and nausea and everything, dizziness, confusion. Like it was all of these things that I was in the hospital for. And they got me on the right antibiotic and that took away the symptoms within like 24 hours. But from all of that, I had had inflammation around my brain. Jeez. And because of that, I have nerve, not necessarily nerve damage because the nerves aren't permanently damaged. Um, but it's like my brain isn't communicating fully with uh, the nerves in my arms. So I went from having these hor- all this horrible pain and body shakes and fever and all that to the next morning, I felt way better, but all of a sudden I couldn't lift my arms off the bed. Jeez. And that's when I knew something was wrong. And so that's when they sent me to the, the neuro ICU up in Columbus. But um, thankfully, there is no permanent damage and I'll make a full recovery. But um, I came very, very close to dying. Uh, they, I didn't have any blood flowing to my hands or my feet. It was like my body was... conserving all of the blood around the vitals because it knew like things are shutting down and uh yeah it was it got pretty bad um pretty quick too but luckily you know everything is good and (laughs) and i'm here but uh because of that you know they said that the the nerves can take you know up to a year before they're really Mm. you know back at their normal rate, you know, cause they said, you know, there's no permanent damage, but it, this is going to take some time and, and some therapy, you know? So, so right now, um, I went into the hospital, I gained 20 pounds from all of the fluids they had to pump into me one night when things were really bad. Yeah. Um, tw- 20 pounds in one night. And then I lost 40 pounds, uh, within like three days. Holy so shit. <laughs> I, yeah. So, so I lost, uh, all in all, I lost about 20 pounds from my normal weight in the hospital um, in about a week from just laying in the hospital bed and not being able to eat. So I lost a lot of muscle um, in my arms and my in my body. It just atrophied, um, you know, pretty significantly from from just one week. So so right now I'm working on uh, working on those nerves, getting more more of my mobility back, um, and you know I. So, so for instance, I mentioned the YouTube thing earlier. That was another thing. Um, I can't work right now, um, so there's no income there. So, naturally, I was like, well, my other option would be to get back on YouTube, which, you know, I was hoping to already be back on YouTube by then, but um, luckily, you know, I everybody at Squarespace, you know, they know what's been going on and everything. And they were like, yep, whenever you're ready, we'll get back to it. So, so luckily there is that avenue. So, um, getting back on YouTube and just making photos of my recovery as I work on that. So, um, I've basically just looked at it as like, this is a pretty gnarly situation. Um, it's made me think a lot about everything and I want to make something good out of it. You know, I want to make photos that, whether it be just a glimpse into what this you know, road is going to look like, or maybe it's something that people can relate to or mm. whatever it may be. I just want to make something positive out of it. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so that's been what I've been working on. Um, self-portrait stuff that I've never done before. So that's a whole new avenue for me. Um, yeah. Trying to, yeah, and just trying to put some kind of what I'm feeling into it. Um, it's been a, it's been very different from any other kind of photos I would normally be shooting. And, you know, I'm looking at it as an opportunity to grow as a photographer and as a chance to do something positive with it, you know? So, so right now those are, those are pretty much my only goals is, uh, you know, get, get back to, to doing the videos, um, you know, making photos of this recovery and just recovering in general. Um, I like you know trying to stay yeah Yeah, just trying to stay on top of it and uh pushing forward a little bit further every day you know
0: hell yeah man it sounds good and definitely looking forward to seeing more of your videos i know people are looking forward to it and uh yeah matt i just want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this Uh, i was looking forward to this for a long time and i think people will definitely enjoy hearing about everything uh a little more about your backstory and everything so i can't thank you enough and uh for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work
1: yeah well yeah i I appreciate that man like i said i was I was honored to to be on here and and I'm hoping you know at least one person gets anything positive out of this whole conversation, and that's you know yeah. that's all I can ask for man so yeah. uh but yeah, again, thank you uh for mm-hmm. anybody that wants to find me, they can find me at matt day photo on uh instagram twitter youtube um no I'm not hard to find. Not like I said, I'm I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah. You can you can find me on just about anywhere and you'll see me on there. So uh but again, man, I, I really, really appreciate this. I uh you know, it, it was an honor for me.
0: Perfect, man. I'll link it and everyone can go there. Thank you.
1: Sounds good, man. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon.
0: So there you have it. That was the Matt Day interview. I want to thank Matt so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about his experience with photography and everything he's done with YouTube. I've been a big fan of his work for years. Um, so definitely go check out Matt's website. It's mattdayphoto.com as well as his YouTube page, Matt Day Photo. And his Instagram is Matt Day Photo as well. So definitely go check that out. He's always posting uh, cool photos he's working on, and his YouTube page is really interesting so definitely go check that out and uh yeah going forward just want to let you know i'll be having weekly podcasts every monday on itunes soundcloud as well as on my website alexganyephoto.com and on my instagram at photo. thanks so much for listening and take care